welcome to the Nerd Room, where we talk all things comics and movies. I'm one of your hosts, Tim. And I'm Sanjay. And this is episode 4, 2016's most anticipated movies, comics, and all things nerd. Episode 4, The Wrath of Khan. Wait, no, that's that's right, is it? Or No, what what's Star Trek episode 4? Is that Search for Spock? I have no idea. What's Star Wars episode 4? A New Hope. <laughs> Can you tell which one he likes better, folks? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sanjay. <laughs> so, Tim, 2016. This is the year that everything breaks out. This is the year that geek culture, nerdism... It explodes, it becomes mainstream, it becomes in your face. You can't turn around without seeing a nerd or without seeing a geek thing. How jacked are you for 2016? I'm incredibly pumped. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit hesitant, but I'm very, very excited. The reason I'm hesitant is I don't want this to become the year that comic book movies oversaturate everyone and we end up following this with nothing but problems <laughs> and people being upset that it's all only sequels and only comic book movies but you know what really i don't think that's gonna happen no and you know what i totally agree think of it this way we're coming in with what seven comic book movies yep that's less than one a month so look at how many horror movies come out look at how many comedy movies come out i guarantee there's more than seven they just seem like they're a lot because each one is different each one's a big event each one is a big blockbuster there's no small budget comic book movie. If you're getting a comic book movie, the budget's over $100 million, guaranteed, with special effects, with actors nowadays. Whereas you can make a horror movie for $5 million, yeah. and it could be excellent, <laughs> you know? So I feel like this whole comic book movie saturation thing, it's just people complaining that don't enjoy comic book movies, but they're here to stay seven a year. Please, that's nothing. Like, we get seven... Twilight movies a year or something. You know, seven romantic comedy movies a year. I mean... Very current reference. <laughs> Twilight's still cool, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Now, then when we're looking back at 2015, we, in our last episode we went through kind of our, our top 2015 movies, comics and that. But particularly at the movies, it was the biggest year of all time domestically. Like that's it great. was over $11 billion. It's crazy. Half of that's just Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but... You know, in, the, in a year led basically by sequels, we had, yep. you know, Jurassic World, Force Awakens, Age of Ultron, and Fury 7 were the biggest movies, right? Yep. Do you think we're going to see a repeat in 2016? Being that, again, we're in another year full of sequels, and we're having kind of throwback sequels in the, in the likes of Independence Day. Yep. Um, we're the progression of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the DC Cinematic Universe, um, and then we're getting another Fox movie. So we have a lot of sequels here and a lot of potential for a big big year do you think we're going to match this are we going to have another movie that ticks over the 800 million dollar mark you know i don't think we're going to have another movie that takes over 800 million i think that's record safe for a long time but i do think sequels are the wave of the future and here's why tickets are getting so expensive nowadays i mean to go see an imax movie is what 25 bucks yeah we're so, all about 18 sometimes all right all right now. so we'll say we'll say 20 so it's 20 bucks, you bring your girl, you know, you bring some popcorn, you bring a drink, or you get a drink, you don't bring popcorn or a drink. <laughs> I, I'm not advocating sneaking movie food into the movies. But, uh, so you buy popcorn, you buy a drink, you're looking at 60 bucks, easily. And, you know, if you're going to see a movie, you want to have a good time, you want a movie that you've seen previously that you've enjoyed, 60 bucks is a lot to take a risk. You know, you take risks if the movie is 8 bucks. So that way, you know, the price of a ticket, 8 bucks, whatever, you spend 30 bucks or whatever, 
if you don't enjoy the movie, oh well. But if you're spending 60 bucks, you want to enjoy yourself, you want to have fun, you want to you want to kind of get away from life and just sit and enjoy the movie. So that's why I think sequels are here to stay. That's why they've kind of taken over in terms of box office grosses. It's just that people want, you know, people want to go into a movie and they want to enjoy it and they want to know they're going to enjoy it. And with a sequel, you can get that. But if it's a new franchise or something, you don't know if you're going to enjoy it. My friend, you've painted a very grim picture when it comes to paying for things in a movie theater. <laughs> I'm just laying out the facts. I don't know where you're going for <laughs> 60 bucks, but... 20 bucks a ticket and then popcorn and a drink and... Just you know, sneak it in like you were promoting before. <laughs> Do not sneak in food. Um, you can't see him winking on the microphone. No, no, it's going to be a great year, I think. Oh, um, yeah. You know, we got lots to talk about here, so I think... What we're going to do this week, we're going to jump straight into the new nerd segment. There's a lot of the kind of recent news in that we're going to talk about directly in kind of our most anticipated 2016 movies and comics and that. So jumping right into it, new to nerd this week, we're going to be talking about comic book number ones. And the particular reason that we're going to talk about this is with a new year comes a lot of new comics, yep. a lot of new number ones. Marvel recently just basically wiped out their not so much continuity, but their numbering. Yep. Um, and so we're seeing all these new number ones. And then, you know, as we progress through the year, we're going to see a new, a new Black Panther number one, and, you know, we're getting all these Avengers new number ones. And so we thought we'd briefly touch on this to try to help, you know, bridge a little bit of gaps in understanding when it comes to the overall kind of, like, how should we pick up number ones? Should we get these ones? Are they worth anything? You know, are these good jumping on points traditionally? Stuff like that. So that's what basically we're going to talk about here. Yep. Awesome. Um, you know, you mentioned briefly here, um, are number ones worth money? And I've always been through this school of thought. There are four comic books that when you're collecting, you want to get because you think they're going to be worth money. One of them, of course, is the number ones. Everyone wants that number one issue. It looks great. I mean, it says number one on the cover. Just a feeling of excitement when you pick up a number one. The other one, death of a character. If you have, say, the death of Batman, the death of Superman, the death of Wolverine, whoever it is, the death of Dazzler, the death of Howard the Duck, doesn't matter. You have the death of a character, it's going to be worth something. The next one is first appearance of a popular character. So a lot of times there's first appearance of characters who are one and done. They make one appearance and you never see them again. Nah, don't, don't waste your time. You want to get a first appearance of a character who's going to be, you know, who is already established and who is maybe going to get a movie come out. Which brings me to my last one, if there's going to be a movie based on that character. So stuff like Ultron, you know, his stuff was selling... If he was a villain in an Avengers book, his stuff was selling pretty good. But as soon as they announced that he was the main villain in Avengers 2, boom. Prices skyrocketed way more than that. I think they should have been. You know, look at Guardians. Those books are worth how much? You could have picked them up five years ago for, what, 25 cents for five? Well, depending on which run you're talking about. Like, the Volume 2 run, the 2008 run, it was... I got the number one for about... $23 or something like that. It's worth well over 100 bucks now. Yeah. So another thing is when you're looking at a number one, you know, traditionally it should be a relatively good jumping on point. But I found within the past couple of years that Marvel in particular have been just renumbering almost as a promotional, almost gimmick. Or, and I've even seen, they've even done in the middle of the Hickman's Last Avengers run, they did a number one right in the middle of, of <laughs> the, the continuity of, of numbering and then continued on. So they uh, 
can't remember what issue it was, but it was like 30, and then there was number one, and then there was 32. Right? <laughs> That's crazy. And so it was quite confusing. And one thing I want to stress here is that, you know, every number one, one isn't going to be worth thousands of dollars. No, and I wouldn't no. recommend going out and getting every number one <laughs> just because you think it's going to be worth money. Yeah. You have to be going after number one ones because it's a story you want to read, the story you mm-hmm. want to learn about, the story you want to kind of go in and, you know, because you've heard good things about the character in the past. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, is that with the new number ones, there's always a tag. Now, you have to go do a little bit of research to this, but there's always a tag of a volume number. And so when I first went into reading comics, I was like, okay, well, I've mentioned this in the past. I'll start at Avengers number one. Makes and sense. And then you kind of Google Avengers number one, and there's five or six different Avengers number ones. <laughs> and it gets immensely confusing. Right. So going back and doing just a little bit of research to try to understand, you know, the most recent number ones, and, and even trying to, you know, you know even tweeting us and stuff like that or we're going to a local comic book shop and saying you know which number one should i be jumping into because even the number ones right now they're you're probably in a good space but because you're coming out of secret wars you know there's a lot of continuity to get around and that's one of the big things you know that stop people from getting really deep into comic collecting because it's such a large or they at least they think there's a large barrier of entry into mm-hmm. it so be careful with number ones i think usually they're made for you know, a good jumping on point, but not always. So it's a good thing to kind of maybe do a little research, see what continuities brought up the number one. And again, coming into the new year, there's a lot of good number ones out there. So I'd really kind of go out and hunt for um, some of these good books, particularly stuff like, like I was saying, Black Panther. You know, That's something that's probably been quite good, especially coming into Civil War, where we're getting as a first appearance in the cinematic universe. No, I agree. I'm going to take a little bit of a DC perspective on this. Um, so DC seems to be in the new year. They're kind of going away from starting or rebooting to back to number ones for a lot of their issues. So in March, I think they're going to have their 50th issue for a lot of comics. Don't let 50 issues scare you. You can jump on a series, read that run, and if you enjoy it, then go back and read from the beginning. But I highly recommend doing that first before you go back and start from the very beginning. Yeah, that's an awesome point. You don't need a number one to get into a series. No. And we spoke about some really good jumping on points in, I think, episode one. Mm-hmm. And But that's a key thing there. That's a, that's a really good point to bring up, is that you don't need those number ones. You know, it's okay to jump into the middle of a run. Sometimes there's a good break. And like Sanjay was saying, yeah, usually six issues to an arc. Yeah. And after that arc, you know, usually there is some continuity built into it, but you can jump in there. So, great. Well, I think that wraps it up for New to Nerd this week. And I guess we can jump into... 2016's most anticipated alright so should we start with our most anticipated comic book or comic book event slash run of 2016 yeah I think that's a good one alright Tim the floor is yours alright so on the Marvel side from the events perspective uh, they've announced a few events there's one called Avengers Standoff which is more of a comic book crossover so it encompasses the entirety of the, the Avengers family of books which at this point is seven i think holy smokes there's seven different avengers titles right well now? that's including kind of shield oh, and okay. avengers there's an illuminati book that's sitting there um uncanny and then also cap books as well wow so kind of that family that avengers family of books yeah it's that seven jesus like an extended family or something yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it's called uh, avengers standoff and essentially what it is is it's kind of it seems like a weird concept from the outside you're looking in it's, you know, centered around this small town called Pleasant Hill. It holds kind of this dark and sinister secret. Ooh, um, spooky! That keeps the residents <laughs> all locked in. And then the Avengers arrive, 
and for some reason or another they have to keep these people in so different concept um i'm really hoping that this isn't like a massive you know multi-issue sort of crossover because like i said with my pull list when we're talking about nerdy resolutions is i want to have a very specific pull list and if i'm trying to encompass the entirety of this crossover event i'm going to be expanding out into seven books alone there i'm willing to jump into this well, who's uh, who's kidding? I'm gonna I'm gonna get this. <laughs> You're diving head first. Let's not <laughs> kid ourselves. I here. love events. I love events. <laughs> but I'm really hoping these are you know it's kind of single issue per book is mm-hmm. kind of your event. So you have you know your one kind of I think it's called an alpha book where essentially it kind of kicks off the event and then you have a single issue in each subsequent series that produces kind of the entirety of the crossover event. It's not like three issues of Cap, four issues of Uncanny Avengers, you know, three issues of whatever, the Vision book or the Commandos of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, so I'm hoping that's what it is. But, you know, I'll be checking it out, but it's it's not my most anticipated. It's not at the top of my list. The next big one that they have is Apocalypse Wars. Oh, So this nice. is a crossover event, which, again, encompasses just ongoing series books. It's just mm-hmm. the, 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 I think there's three ongoing X books right now. This is probably going to drop around the same time that we get x-men apocalypse very true and it's the first real kind of Mm tie-in to fox's cinematic universe that we're seeing marvel comics make in a long time oh they don't even release toys of the x-men movies anymore which is ridiculous well because marvel controls the merchandising rights to the x-men so they would profit off of that but i don't know if there's some sort of weird kind of x or fox has to agree to the merchandising and all that kind of stuff so yeah there's nothing released but this is the first time we're seeing so it might be interesting to pick these up yeah, I was going to say, I know the reason why Marvel doesn't do it. They hate mutants. It's coming out. I'm saying it right now. Marvel hates mutants. Yeah, they're turning them all into inhumans now. <laughs> You're going to see that slowly. As, as the cinematic universe develops the inhumans a bit more, we're going to see the X-Men slowly dwindling away out of the comics, and they're all going to turn into inhumans. <laughs> and the big one at Marvel this year is Civil War Two. Oh, which Civil Warrior? (laughs) Which, for promotional purposes, it's going to be dropping in May, right? Only makes sense. What's coming out in May? Get the big Civil War MCU. You know, I'm not gonna not gonna give any hints (laughs) towards my most anticipated movie, but on spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this is being written by Bendis. We talked about this a little bit before, but the other day a synopsis was released. Okay. Um, The initial impression we got was going to be in the Invincible Iron Man versus Falcon Cap. Nice. Um, But. The synopsis tells us something different, which is very interesting. It's going to be Iron Man versus Captain Marvel. What? Yes, yes. So the synopsis here is that there's a new character that's introduced, and he has the ability to calculate the outcome of an event with a high degree of confidence or high degree of accuracy. Okay. Um, So he's a giant calculator. More or less, (laughs) (laughs) And essentially, the heroes are arguing how to capitalize on this so we have captain marvel on one side she's leading the charge to basically profile criminals Mm -hmm. um and capture them and charge them before they commit a crime so very minor minority report i was gonna say that's awesome yeah well iron man is leading the charge on the other side was basically you can't convict someone until they've committed the crime because lord knows iron man's committed tons of crime that he hasn't been convicted of yet exactly (laughs) So it also looks like a character's going to bite it. So that's one of the ways that Marvel are promoting this. <laughs> There's going to be a death. This is likely to be kind of a big... It's going to have its, you know, a Civil War II main issues. Um, probably six to eight, I would guess, issues. And it's probably going to have a wide kind of 
variety of tie-in comics as well. It's probably going to reach pretty far into the comic universe as far as individual issues. So this is looking to be probably a large event. And I'm hoping Marvel is able to do a bit better of a job at releasing the the main continuity books at least mm-hmm. um, with a bit more regularity compared to what they did with Secret Wars. But that there is my most anticipated comic book event for the year. Nice, nice. You know, I think I'm going to have to check that one out. It looks pretty cool. I love the, like, where there's an actual... It's not just, like, someone that they're punching to defeat. It's like an ideology. So I really like that. It's going in a different direction as opposed to, say fighting juggernaut or something like that yeah it's really cool yeah it looks like it'll have a good it'll have stakes to it and it looks like it's gonna be a lot of fun too and i like that they're pitting you know iron man versus captain marvel captain marvel in the last couple years has become one of my favorite comic book characters so i'm excited to see the dynamic there and how they build off that i'm really excited that you're going with dc captain marvel shazam (laughs) that's who you're talking about right yeah of course (laughs) no can you imagine if Marvel had a character named Captain DC or something? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's some weird named comic book character that references DC in some oh, way. Oh, there's got to be, yeah. So, mo- moving over to the DC side, I chose my most anticipated. We've had two issues already. Um, the Dark Knight Returns, Part 3, The Master Race. So, kind of a background of this story is, this is the conclusion of the trilogy of the Frank Miller graphic novel The Dark Knight Returns which pretty much made Batman into the biggest badass in comic book history just the most epic epic story he fights Superman a lot of Batman v Superman that you're going to see will probably be taken from this graphic novel so I recommend reading it um, you'll probably recognize a lot of scenes one thing Zack Snyder does really well is he's very good at portraying comic book panels into a movie if you watch Watchmen some of those scenes are panel for panel of what the comic book is uh, but anyways the Dark Knight Master Race what happens is there's I don't know if you guys are familiar Tim do you remember the bottled city of Kandor Ooh, yeah kinda so there's a city in Krypton and Brainiac comes to Krypton and he captures the city in a bottle and Superman rescues it but he's not able to reverse the shrinkage that sounded really <laughs> There we go again. We're going down this path. One more time. Potty humor. I'm sorry. Um, so he can't reverse the shrink ray, and then the city stays in miniature form. So in this issue, the atom is able to reverse it. And when he reverses it, he realizes he made a terrible mistake as he was tricked into doing it by evil Kryptonians. So now there's about 1,000 Kryptonians, all with the power of Superman, all loose on the Earth. Batman is presumed dead. Superman is frozen, so he's of no help. So it's going to be interesting to see how this concludes. Really excited for this. Check it out. Um, It's on issue 3. I think that comes out this month. The other book I'm really going to hype is Aquaman. Now, I'm a huge Aquaman fan. I know he gets kind of ragged on a lot in the media, but... Honestly, Jeff Johns, he started this run, and he made me into a huge Aquaman fan. He combined humor, he combined action. It was an excellent series, and Jeff Johns is coming back. So that's huge. So he's going to be rewriting the book or continuing on with the story. So I'm excited to see where he takes it. The previous writer, Colin Bunn, he's done Magneto, he's done Sinestro, so he does a lot of villains. I really liked his Aquaman run, but it was kind of different. It wasn't your typical Aquaman storyline, so I think a lot of people were turned off by that and didn't give it 
you know, the proper chance that it deserved. It's a great story. I mean, where else are you going to see Aquaman, Motorboat, his twin, his wife's evil twin? You know, that happens in the book. It's, wow. You know, wow. I mean, where else are you going to see that? Do, do you think that you're going to start to see in the DC comic universe them adapting some of the the likeness of characters? Like, do you think that we're going to see essentially Aquaman go from, you know, this blonde sort of, you know, orange, green, I don't know if he still wears that that uniform or whatever, but do you think they're going to adapt him to more maybe like a dark-haired guy that looks more like uh, Kyle Drago? Or, oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. You, you think they are? Oh, yeah. I think the writer Suicide Squad even said, you know, he's influenced by the movie, but how could you not be? I mean... These movies make billions of billions of dollars. So if you watch the movie, which most people, that'll be their f- first exposure to a character like Deadshot or Harley Quinn. Then when you go to the comic book, I think they're looking for that continuity of why they like the character in the movie in the first place. That's kind of a controversial stance. I mean, a lot of people who read comics, you know, don't like that. They want it to be, you know, what happened always happened. I think if the Joker in the comics all of a sudden got tattoos and he got grills i think people are gonna be pissed so you know there's some people you can't touch but i yeah, think yeah. I, I think when you're you're kind of skewing off from like the, the perception that people have you know quite a bit so we're getting kind of one extreme end of a joker in suicide yeah. squad so maybe not see that adaptation but even changing aquaman yeah. from a, a blonde dude to a, mm-hmm. like a big burling brown-haired guys could be quite a contrast yeah i mean i think they're gonna do it i don't see why they wouldn't i mean you know i they've kind of already have changed his costume so i think they're gonna go with it make the change as long as the story's good i don't care what color his hair is so bring it bring it on you know if it brings on more readers all the better right yeah i guess it really doesn't matter at the end of the day (laughs) (laughs) but uh for my own goings looking from the marvel side you know again i'm excited to get into the post-secret wars era of marvel comics kind of this this new rebirth of of the marvel comics universe uh, I'm, I'm pumped for the bendis's guardians run or to continue that guardians run um, i'm excited about a couple of the avengers books and i'm really just kind of pumped to kind of get back into comics because I've, I've been on a bit of a hiatus for a little bit um, just because of secret wars and i'm really excited to get back into it and continuing the star wars run of books you know we're seeing kind of new mini series come out there's a chewbacca one released last year um, they just released an Anakin and Obi-Wan series. So, again, they're kind of continually building that universe that is all in canon, too, so which is pretty cool. So I'm excited for all that. So it's going to be a good year in comics. So now let's move on to our most anticipated collectibles. Tim, what are you collecting in 2016? 2016 is going to be another big year for myself in collecting. 2015 was an epically large year. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest ever. <laughs> With Marvel Legends just crushing me. Stars of Force, Force Awakens so many things coming out <laughs> um including the force friday stuff all the action figures how many um bb8 toys or kylo ren toys do you have uh, or no sorry action figures <laughs> got, no um off the top of my head i don't know i've got basically every incarnation of kylo ren that was reasonable looking um so the six inch the three and three quarter inch the funko pop the Hallmark, oh. <laughs> Hallmark, Hallmark uh, Christmas ornament. So lots. The Kylo Ren and Stimpy limited edition. Yeah. <laughs> so, but looking at this year, it doesn't look like I'm going to have as much to collect. Now, it's going to be interesting looking back on this because I'm probably going to eat my words. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
But we've gotten some insight and some uh, you know early looks at some of the Marvel Legend waves that are coming out. Uh, the first wave that announced was a Captain America wave. Okay. Um, people are calling this the Civil War wave, but it really doesn't have any movie characters in it. Mm-hmm. And looking at it, you know, we got some more obscure characters like Cottonmouth. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There is <laughs> yes, there's a character named Cottonmouth. Let's remember that Marvel, the Marvel <laughs> co- comics came into being. You know, really from the superhero perspective in the 60s. Like, does he have, like, dry mouth? Like, is that a superpower? Like, what? He is. He, you'll, you'll be able to see Cottonmouth <laughs> come to life and realized in live action in the Luke Cage Netflix series that comes out next year. You, so, my friend, can no longer make fun of the fact that DC had a character named Captain Marvel. Yeah, Cottonmouth, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my superpower is when you open a Tylenol, yeah. my mouth is what you pull out before you got the Tylenol. Not so sure they were referring <laughs> to something that was, you know, that on the nose. <laughs> but, you know, the build of vision for this series is Red Onslaught from the Axis series or Axis event that just came out. Oh, the one with the Red Skull? Yeah, yeah. So oh, it's Red Skull. So yeah, so it's a big, huge kind of onslaught looking with Red Skull's head. The only reason why to buy a Cottonmouth figure is so you can get the onslaught build a figure. Yeah. <laughs> so, but this one, you know, there's nothing in here that I'm particularly excited about. Whoa, Cottonmouth? <laughs> Stop bad mouthing him, man. <laughs> Marvel's greatest creation ever. This, this podcast should be sponsored by Cottonmouth. We should become the world's only Cottonmouth only podcast and just talk nothing about Cottonmouth adventures. I think of nothing but racism when <laughs> you say Cottonmouth. <laughs> I feel like the show would be a complete and utter failure. Uh, I just can't even say it. Every time I say it, I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm being racist. <laughs> but I'm really hoping to see a second cap wave that has maybe more Civil War movie figures mm-hmm. in it with a maybe a build a figure that I'm a bit more excited about. So why do they call it sorry, why do they call it the Captain America Wave One if he's not even the build a figure? Well there's a cap in there and these are uh, the kind of because so you got Sharon Carter and Walking I don't know and Taskmaster. Did so, you just name it? Did you just come up and you're like, oh yeah, this is the Captain America figure line. No, 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 that's what it's called. I don't know. I don't, I don't come up You're just this making thing. up stuff now. Come on man. People well, come to us for advice. We there, can just make up stuff. There is a Captain America action figure in there. But <laughs> he does come with a, a changeout head that's a wolf. So it's Cap Wolf. Okay, okay. That was, that was a real story. Really? Yeah, we're, deep, we're digging really <laughs> deep into the, you know, like, the recesses of the Marvel This is very Silver Age universe. stuff, it looks like. Some of it is. Some of it is. But again, it's not the greatest looking wave ever, so I'm yeah. probably going to pass on this well, one. Well, what wave is this? Because there have been so many waves. Like, is this wave like 57? I have literally no idea. <laughs> all I know is the Captain America 2016 wave one. <laughs> <laughs> Naming it wave 57. Yeah. So there's there's the second wave that you do know about. So recently it was leaked that there's a Doctor Strange wave. Okay. Um, so we're going to have, you know, basically Iron Fist, a couple of Doctor Strange movie characters, nice. some comic characters related to the Doctor Strange kind of smaller universe, Baron Mordo, Brother Voodoo, the Ancient One. Um, it's likely that these are going to be repacks. So at San Diego Comic-Con uh, last year, there was this thing called the Book of Ashanti. And it was kind of this really cool, big, collectible um, book. And then when you opened it, it had a whole bunch of Marvel Legend figures. Nice. Probably going to be repacks, though. It's a little disappointing on that end. It's not, um, like, the best of Ashanti City? <laughs> no, I have no <laughs> clue what that is. You don't know who Ashanti is? No. Oh, man. Should I? Yes. <laughs> sure. No word on the Build-A-Figure for this, though. Okay. Um, so, 
Stanley. I don't know. It's it's again, it's not looking like a wave that I'm going to kind of jump headfirst into. But they're probably going to pull a fast one and have really awesome build figures. So I have <laughs> yeah. to buy all these. <laughs> You're really doing a bang up job selling these Marvel lines, aren't you? <laughs> well, this year, in contrast to last year, like yeah. I looked, you look at the lines from last year. The build of figures were Movie Ultron, it's awesome, Thanos, awesome, and this giant Hulkbuster, which were all incredible. Yeah, those are three awesome build of figures. And in that, you had a whole bunch of the the cinematic universe action figures as well, which are kind of the ones I, I like to collect a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just end up getting kind of these stragglers on just because I need an arm for Groot or whatever and that was another one. Oh, that was two years ago sorry it's the Curtis <laughs> of the Galaxy line um, that's awesome I didn't even know that but I'm guessing that we're probably missing a couple waves in here mm-hmm. so hopefully we're going to get something that's maybe a bit more movie oriented I'd love to see a Black Panther six inch legend from, oh, be awesome. from Civil War or something like that that would be incredible or a nice another so they have the buck for Winter Soldier too so we'll probably see a Winter Soldier in there somewhere those Marvel Legends figure or the line one are those worth anything, or are those kind of... Has the toy bubble burst, or is it kind of come back with the movies again? I don't know if they're particularly worth anything. There's some that are harder to get. Yeah. And the problem is the, is the kind of the mass distribution of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you go online, you could probably... There's usually one or two that are short-packed yeah. in a case when you're buying them. Um, so, in for instance, the Winter Soldier line a couple of years ago... The Black Widow was really hard to find. Okay. So she was going for quite a bit of money. But eventually these things come around and get mm-hmm. store stocked and, yeah. and all that. And you end up, you know, you'd be able to find this thing in retail. So I wouldn't go chasing. You know, if you're really amped up about some of these legends and you can't find one in particular, I'd wait a little bit. I wouldn't go chasing. Because, mm-hmm. you know, eventually I'm seeing right now the Hulkbuster wave originally this year, or last year, sorry, was pretty hard to find. But I'm seeing it kind of peg warming now at Walmart's and that you're seeing almost the whole whole run just sitting there. And they're going to sit there until they go on deep discount. So I wouldn't jump at any of these things right away. Okay. But, you know, our first indication here, and this kind of applies for all of the figures and collectibles and stuff, is New York Toy Fair is, is it happens in February. Oh, And nice. that's kind of where we get our first look at the majority of the lines, particularly for the, the first half of the year at least. Mm-hmm. And that's everything from the Marvel Legends, the... The six-inch and three-three-quarter-inch Star Wars, your Legos, your Funko Pops, stuff like that. So, what will you be collecting as far as action figures this year? Well, you know, as you may or may not be aware of, the DC Universe is promoting this little film called Batman v Superman. Have you heard of it, Tim? A little indie film, probably black and white. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, support it, people. It needs your money. No, they started, DC, you know, they haven't been in the toy biz, or they don't have kind of the Marvel Legends that Marvel's been putting out for the last number of years, because they're DC, and that'd be called the DC Legends, (laughs) but they started off with this great new line called DC Multiversity. Now, they're six-inch figures, and they have two different lines that are coming out right now. There's one which is more of their TV series, so they released an Arrow, they released a Flash... And then they started a new series for Batman v Superman. So they released series one, which is four figures. You got Batman. You got Armored Batman. You got Superman. You got Wonder Woman. So I'm going to be picking up all four of those. But then you also have line two, figures five to eight. Now they haven't announced what those figures are going to be yet. But I'm going to tell you what they are right now because I'm psychic. So you should listen to me because I'm never wrong. Figure 5, Aquaman. He's got to be in there. I mean, he's in the basic series. These ones... So there's two different series that Batman v Superman is putting out. 
They have a basic series where the toys are about, or sorry, the action figures are about fifteen dollars. It's okay to call them toys. No action figures, <laughs> highly collectible action figures. Um, so they have the basic line, which is about fifteen dollars. I mean, the figures don't look too detailed. They're a little bit smaller. You know, if you have younger kids, go with that line. But as a mature collector, I'm going with the more expensive $25 figure 6-inch Multiversity line. So figure 5 will be Aquaman, I'm predicting. Figure 6 will be Lex Luthor. Figure 7 is going to be Cyborg. And figure 8 is going to be Flash. And that's the reason why they're not showing us who is in this line yet, because they're going to keep some mystery into the movie. Tim, do you have any predictions? Who's going to be lines? Who's going to be figures 5, 6, 7, and 8? Well, maybe we'll see a Doomsday? You It'd know, be cool to see a Doomsday build-a-figure. Yeah, yeah um, the build-a-figure in this is actually a Batman grapple gun, which is kind of like a replica. It looks pretty cool. I don't think it'll actually work, but you never know. But, yeah, Doomsday, I was thinking that, but in terms of scale, I'm thinking he's going to be a little bit bigger, so I don't know if he'll be in there. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they did an oversized figure or something like that, too. Yeah. It'd be kind of cool. One thing I want to say, DC, if you're listening, and I know that you are, don't say that you're not. You know, Marvel has these Marvel Legends, and they kind of go back, and they have a lot of, like, cinematic figures. I'd like to see DC go back, and I'm talking about way, way, way back, to Christopher Reeve's Superman. Start there. Give us figures from that movie that are the same scale as Batman v Superman. That way you can have a nice collection throughout the entire film history of DC Comics. Who wouldn't want to buy a Christopher Reeves Superman figure? Or Gene Hackman Lex Luthor? And then you got Superman 2. Terrence Stamp Zod? That thing would sell like crazy. I mean, DC has such a long and varied history of their cinematic universe. It's time that they promote that. I mean, I would love to get a 6-inch Arnold Schwarzenegger, Mr. Freeze figure. How cool would that be? Or, you know, a Poison Ivy, Uma Thurman figure. Or, you know, uh, Jack Nicholson Joker. Well, my friend, have I got a line for you. Okay. Goes by the name of Funko Pop. Funko Pop. (laughs) Sounds like an amazing thing. Tell me more about this (laughs) Funko Pop. No, well, everyone knows what Funko Pops are. You see them everywhere. You know, they're, they're... they're littered in every store you can go into, Bed oh, yeah. Beyond, local comic book shops, Walmart, mm-hmm. everywhere. But they've become one of my favorite <laughs> collecting lines. Yeah. And they go so deep into yeah. kind of each, wherever you are, into TV, comics, whatever. I think I saw a 1912 podcasting Funko Pop that came up. <laughs> <laughs> Just you wobbling. <laughs> Number <It's>... one seller. <laughs> so getting into a line like that could be a way to get these sort of things. I'm pretty sure they have the Dark Knight... Kind of, they I think a they ledger do. And, yeah, and I know they've gone back to Batman '66 and done some mm-hmm. Funko Pops. And I like these things; they're everywhere, and they look great in the box. You know, I'm a minted box. Keep mm-hmm. these guys in there. And this is a line, kind of nice little segue there. This is a line I'm excited to getting into because we're getting like 15 or so <laughs> from Civil War just on its own. Oh, that's awesome! We're getting a Black Panther, a Crossbones. You know, there's mm-hmm. some exclusive ones coming to different different places like. Um, Walgreens and stuff like that are going to be difficult to get in Canada. Uh, <laughs> but they're still going to be out there. And they're yeah. lots of fun to kind of chase down and get. And then you get the continued onslaught of the Star Wars Funko Pops as well. So it's another line I'm really excited about. And something that I'm going to drag you kicking and screaming into. <laughs> Even after they entice you, you know the first one's free sort of thing? <laughs> I can't do it, man. I can't do it. I'm sticking to purely 
Movie posters, comics, movies, and action figures. You say that now, <laughs> but wait till you're gonna you're gonna see one's gonna show up on your door. You know, I, I think they do look pretty cute. I mean, I'm not getting cute isn't the word. They're, they're highly collectible. <laughs> they're so cute. Look at them. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking. You know, that's a good that's a good idea. But in terms of the DC, you know, universe, I think something a little bit more detailed is, you know, I don't want to spend 200 bucks with the Sideshow toys. Those ones are excellent, but I can't afford eight of them. You know what I mean? So, I mean, DC, I know that you're listening. Put out a Legends line. Also put out a Legends Funko Pop line, because I don't think I've seen a Christopher Reeve Superman. I don't know. Maybe I'm just missing it. Or So, the other line that I'm going to also drag you into. Oh, no. I'm in trouble. Is Lego. Oh, Lego. <laughs> yes, yes. Lego, again, is another one of my... I have a number of favorite collecting lines. Um, but this one, in recent years, has become something that you know I've gotten into quite heavily. Um, I really enjoy building the sex. But... <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome <laughs> to the X-rated 1912 Freudian Slip. Yeah. Tim podcast. I really enjoy building the sets. <laughs> <laughs> that is staying on. If my short box had to stay on, your line, my friend, is staying on. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> but the minifigures too mm-hmm. are also shockingly addicting <laughs> to collect. Yeah. Um, and the problem with the Lego though is it is it's quite expensive. And <laughs> jeez. I'm going to be continuing with the Force Awakens line. You know, we're seeing new sets drop almost every day, it seems. And Marvel, we had some leaked image for the Civil War set, so it looks like there's three sets. Um, nothing terribly impressive as far as scale. Uh, nothing like the Helicarrier we saw last year. But we're going to get kind of a new line of minifigures. Get Black Panther, Agent 13, Crossbones, and some potentially Han Spoiler, <laughs> Ant-Man minifigures that we've seen. So I'm not going to go into any Boom. details there. Um, Let me ask you a quick question. Lego, you know, they've kind of branched out and done a lot of TV, a lot of movie properties, a lot of comics. Done everything. They've done everything. What's one thing, you know, you think, wow, that would be a brilliant idea? Because I don't know if you know this, but Lego has this thing where you come up with an idea, you build it, you pitch it, it gets X amount of signatures, it goes to actually like the Lego board, and then they review it, and if they like it, you get a cut of the proceeds. So Tim... Put your thinking cap on. We need to we need to get some funds here. What's one set you would like to see get made that you think would just blow up and be huge? To be honest with you, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Not the answer I was looking for. I'm trying to think because like, one that was done recently was the Ghostbusters set. I think yeah. the Ghostbusters car was something that was submitted by a fan. That's right. And that's actually been produced and so. And then they're now coming out with the Ghostbusters tower. So it's mm-hmm. this enormous kind of... Lego build where you have the tower that unfolds and you got the different levels and you got mm-hmm. you know there's all the characters and the ghosts and all that sort of thing. So that's one one thing that's been done. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the DeLorean, maybe some Back to the Future stuff. I'm not that sure if that's really ever cool. been done. Um, maybe something. Yeah, you get like a Marty and Doc minifigures. Mm-hmm. You get to build the DeLorean, maybe at some larger scale. That'd be part, probably pretty cool. Or even the big train from the end of um, Back to the Future Three. That might be cool too. That's pretty cool. I got I got an idea. Football stadiums. Think about it. You you know you can capture Lego you can capture football and you can build like who wouldn't want to build like Lambeau Field build build Soldier Field build Ford Field I mean all these sick new cool football stadiums 
who wouldn't want to build those? I think that'd be awesome. You could sell them at the stadiums. These things are like modern-day coliseums. Lego, you steal my idea. I want cut of the proceeds. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. And the last line that I'm going to talk about here is, again, the Star Wars Black Series 6-inch and 3 three, three and 3 quarter inch Okay, so the Black Series, is that kind of like the multiversity where... It's more detailed? Yeah, yeah, so they're similar to Legends in that. They're six-inch okay. scale, very detailed, high articulation. So they're kind of, they're, they're more geared towards collectors. Okay. Um, they're not as much geared towards kind of kids in that. So they're kind of directly aiming at kind of an older crowd with those. And, you know, we've seen a good amount of waves come out already. I think four to date. Um, I'm excited to see old Han come out. I would be so stoked if they came out with a Luke Skywalker in the six inch scale. Um, so I'm hoping maybe we see something like that at Toy Fair. Fingers crossed. Um, how does the scale of Star Wars figures compare to the Marvel Legends? They're about the same. Okay. Yeah, yeah. six inches, kind of like yeah. your collector scale. And so I see sometimes I go to the Disney store and it says Disney score, Disney store exclusive. Should I bother getting that or should I just get like the regular one? Like, is that more valuable? Is that less valuable? So. The Disney Store exclusives, are you talking about the Star Wars line? Yeah. Yeah. So they release, it's called their Elite Series, and they're mm-hmm. actually six inch, or they're just over six inch. They're just out of scale, the Legends, or the Black Series. Um, and they're die cast. Okay. Um, and so I've got quite a few of those. They're quite collectible, particularly the Force Awakened ones are, 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 are more prolific as far as presence in the stores. Mm-hmm. And the original trilogy ones, so the original, they released six die-cast action figures um, in the six-inch scale from as Disney Store exclusives. Three from the prequels and three from the original trilogy. And this was funny enough. This is actually kind of a funny story. Every other Monday, they were releasing them, and okay. they were very limited to release. The Disney stores in Calgary were only getting 16 per store. Wow. And you had to go at noon on Monday <laughs> to get a, a ballot to submit yourself for entry into a draw. What? You come back an hour later... You'd sit in this like kind of chair or stadium section that got set up, Jeez. and they would draw people out. And if you're one of the sixteen, you got one of the the six inch diecasts. And I was able to go, well, not me personally, my wife. <laughs> you know, she you know took on the task of going every other Monday to the Disney store. You know, wading through all the nerves and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> Getting at the front of the line, getting a ballot. So we ended up with one of the six, and that was oh, the Darth okay. Vader one. So that was nice. one I wanted the most. So that worked out really one. well. But we were at the Disney store the other day, and we asked, you know, are these coming back? Mm-hmm. And the guy at the Disney store said, actually, yes. Oh. So we're going to see these original trilogy in particular. Those are the ones that were hard to get. Mm-hmm. Um, Six-inch diecast figures coming back into the into the stores and that. So they seem to, you know, put this exclusivity on them. You know, to build hype for it, and then they're right. going to release them all back in the store. So there's a lot of people paying scalpers on the internet, you know, mm-hmm. two, three times the price for these things. But they do seem to be coming back in the stores hmm. eventually. So the guy was telling us that he's, he's seen the displays and all that. So mm-hmm. he's pretty confident they're coming back in the stores. Awesome. So, yeah, they're, they're a lot of fun. They're co- pretty cool. The, the problem with them is that the detail on the faces isn't good. So the, the masks, so like Kylo Ren, the Stormtroopers... Um, Captain Phasma, they're great figures, mm-hmm. um, but the people figures aren't as good. They're not; they don't have that same likeness, and the paint, oh, okay. the paint apps aren't as good on them. So I would stick with the kind of the the, uh, the black series line, six inch line for the Star Wars, because uh, Hasbro's kind of seemingly sorted that out, particularly with the painting and the face likeness, a bit better than those. 
Um, but they are cool. They're pretty hefty figures. Nice. So. Um, one thing I'm really excited for, and I don't know if they're going to do this, but Suicide Squad figures. Are we going to get the action figures in Suicide Squad? Definitely. I mean, I can't see Toys R Us stocking a whole line of Suicide Squad figures right next to Ninja Turtles or right next to Bob <laughs> the Builder. Like, I, I just don't see it. I, You know, they might be more just sent to comic book shops, but, you know, I've been checking around some of the comic book shops here in Calgary, and um, they're not carrying the Batman v Superman figures. So maybe the Suicide Squad figures will be sent there instead, because I just don't see Toys R Us or Walmart, for that fact, carrying them. No, that's a good point. You know, they might have to rebrand it. You know, something yeah. that's like just Squad on the top, or yeah. something like that, or, you know, DC Cinematic Universe's Joker or something like that, yeah. not actually having the title of the movie on the top. Yeah. I mean, hey, I'm excited for it. I'm going to get them all. I don't even care, like, how minor the character is. Janitor and Cell 5B. I got it. Like, I have to get the Suicide Squad figures. I'm sure you'll see them in the Funko Pops. <laughs> all right, so should we move on to our most anticipated comic TV shows? I know that you don't watch a ton of comic TV shows at the moment. No, I'm too highbrow for that, Tim. <laughs> I don't watch TV unless it's PBS or the Learning Channel. Ah, uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, this year... So, I don't watch any of the DC stuff. Um, Shocker. But a, but a, Just a hater, eh? Look at this guy. That's so much a hater. It's more of a time <laughs> thing, you know? And I love the continuity of the, the Marvel stuff. Nah, I read um, my kid. But I will throw this out there. I saw yeah. the, the preview for Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. Which is kind of that weird kind of, you know, team jumping through time. But the, some of them are villains. Some of them are good guys and that. Mm-hmm. That have pulled from various TV shows like Arrow and The Flash. Right. Um... And the preview looked really good for it. I thought yeah. it was kind of a cool concept. The action looked good. I don't know if that's just the pilot episode that has a lot of action and it's going to kind of dwindle off, but I'm definitely going to check that out. Yeah, me too. I mean, I'm setting the PVR to it. It looks great. I'm going to give it a go. Yeah. And the next couple of weeks here, we're getting the second season of Agent Carter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first season was really good. It's a great time period in the kind of the Marvel Cinematic Universe that is being completely explored by Haley Atwood's character. And... It's a lot of fun. You know, they have a little bit of leeway there to play with kind of... Because they're not sitting in Marvel's current cinematic continuity, so they can play around a bit more right. with the characters. And Haley Atwell herself, you know, she seems to be popping in and out of the films. The only mm-hmm. one that has kind of this ability to fluidly jump back and forth from TV to comics mm-hmm. and even into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And so she's probably going to end up some in some capacity in Civil War, whether it's a flashback or she's going to be old Sharon Carter again. So, you know, that's a, a great show. And it's, you know, again, it gets you kind of this Marvel fix for a week-to-week basis. Nice. Um, and then, you know, also we have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. coming back. Again, I've talked a lot about how much I like this show. The big one here is Daredevil Season 2. Thankfully, it's not coming out the <laughs> same day as Batman v Superman, yeah. so we can promote it again. Just as we predicted. <laughs> yeah. March 18th is dropping. I don't know why you guys go to any other place for news besides us. I mean, we're never wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Rarely, yeah. We're getting right straight from the horse's mouth we're getting all this information straight right? from the cow's teeth <laughs> <laughs> so this will be expanding from season one daredevil um we'll be see the appearance of punisher played by john berthel of shane fame from the walking dead that's right i mean shane was probably the most hated character on that show <laughs> so you know he plays a good villain he was re- excellent in fury this guy's an excellent actor he's gonna nail it yeah and if it really maintains its momentum its quality and kind of these badass fight scenes in the first season, you know, I think this is going to be 
fantastic. I agree. Do you think they're ever going to do a Daredevil movie? No, I think they're going to continue this continuity because they've had quite a bit of success exploring the characters mm-hmm. and really fleshing out some of the villains and the kind of the sidekicks and that. And also they're going to start planting these seeds for Defenders crossover, right? Right. Um, so that's kind of going to be, I think it's going to be a shorter miniseries, but it's going to be their big event, almost like a movie. Because mm-hmm. we're going to see the crossover of Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, and Daredevil. And so we're hopefully starting to see stuff coming out of that as well. And maybe we'll see the appearance of, of some characters from Jessica Jones. So hopefully we'll see either her, maybe Luke Cage, um, or something like that. That would be great. So it looks like they're building that Netflix um, universe up quite high and quite rapidly as well. We're going to get these every six months now. Yeah. So it's a lot of, a lot of fun. A lot of things to look forward to, I think, as far as comic book TV shows. Nice. Well, you know, I might have to break my rule and uh, stop watching Jeopardy and PBS and uh, check some of this stuff out. <laughs> yeah. Should we move on to our main event? Yes, for sure. So the main event, what you've been waiting all night to hear. Tim, I think we came up with a list of 10 of the best nerd movies in 2016. So for in that list, they are the seven comic book movies that are coming out. Yes, because recently Gamut got punted from the schedule. <laughs> he gone. <laughs> so we got BVS. Suicide Squad, Civil War, Doctor Strange, and then we got X-Men Apocalypse, Deadpool. But then you add in Star Trek, you add in a Star Wars, you add in Independence Day, you're at 10. No, wait, that's 9. Ghostbusters. Oh, no. Oh, you you include Ghostbusters? Yeah. Oh, shit, I didn't. (laughs) I included Ninja Turtles, that's right. So that, that made up my 10. Yeah, I don't know how I made up my 10, because I seemingly have 10 with <laughs> Ghostbusters in there. <laughs> so, I, re- I ranked those uh, those 10 movies. I forgot about Ghostbusters, but if Ghostbusters, if I had Ghostbusters, it would probably be higher than some of these other movies on the list. So, we're going to give you guys our countdown, starting at our 10th most anticipated movie in 2016. We're also going to give you a box office prediction. And I'm also going to, I don't know, Tim, if you did this, but... If you guys are familiar with the website comicbook.com, now on that website they have a definitive ranking of the 106 comic book movies that have been released theatrically so far. So after this year, with the seven comic book movies, we'll be at 113. So I'm going to make a prediction of where I think each of the movies will end up in the rankings. And then at the end of the year, we're going to go back and see how accurate we all were. So Tim, do you want to start us off? Give us your 10th most anticipated nerd or comic book movie of 2016. I'm going to start my list by starting with number 11 of oh. my top 10. <laughs> Honorable mention. <Yeah. laughs> Secretly, I'm counting down my list here, and I've got 11, and I'm by crossing out Gambit here. So it's Star Trek. And okay. all I have aside <laughs> my notes here is worst trailer. <laughs> It was a brutal trailer. You know, if you're not a Star Trek fan, no way are you excited for this movie. It doesn't tell you anything. No, it's the the vibe of it isn't right. I don't know what they're doing with the Beastie Boys music. Guardians. Well, maybe. I don't know if they're trying to catch that vibe or not, but it's all wrong for me. Yeah. So that's sitting at the bottom of my list. My honorable mention. But going up to actually number 10, um, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number 2. Yep, yep. You know, that's funny enough, that's my last place movie as well. You know, I don't have high hopes for it. The first one, I didn't love it. There were some cool scenes, but to me it just didn't feel like Ninja Turtles. Yeah, you know, 
it does look all the first one wasn't great this one looks all right you know yeah i'm excited because they've kind of fully embraced teenage mutant ninja turtles particularly the the series that we grew up with the cartoon series we grew up with and you know we're gonna see bebop rocksteady yep casey jones yep and crane yep yep so i'm excited to see these guys in the cinematic form it's gonna again it's a Michael Bay production. I was going to say, haven't we seen this before? It's called Transformers. <laughs> yeah, but they're just kind of inputting different kind of mutated animals. Yeah. So it, I think it'll be all right. It's not something I'm going to go... I probably won't see it in the theaters. No. Oh, no. No. So I'll probably wait till it comes out and kind of see it as far as renting <laughs> and that. <laughs> do you have a box office prediction for this movie? Yeah, I can't remember what the last one did, but I think it'll do reasonably well yeah. opening weekend, probably in the 60 to $80 million yep. kind of opening, and then kind of a gross, I don't know, 170 something like that maybe. Okay. I gave it $160 million. Where would you rank it? Or I don't know if you did this. I ranked it. I think it's going to finish in 100th spot. So I'm not thinking it's going to be excellent movie. But it's going to be better than a couple of the ones that have come before it. So I'm giving it a 100 spot out of 113. Tim, do you have any idea of what... Give us a prediction. Maybe what I'll try to do is dump it into two different categories. You know, better than 50 or less than 50 as far as kind of the overall rankings of the 113. Okay. And I think this is going to fall kind of at the bottom end. Yeah. I'm giving this the Boxing Day Award of 2016. And for you Americans out there, the Black Friday Award. So what I mean by this is every Boxing Day or every Black Friday, there's always some big mega hit movie that's ridiculously cheap on Blu-ray on Boxing Day or, or on Boxing Day or Black Friday. Transformers are always on there. It seems like every year. Or if there's a movie that like Fantastic Four will probably be in next year. So I'm giving this one the Boxing Day Award or Black Friday Day Award. I think when those two holidays come out, this will be probably ten bucks on Best Buy or ten bucks on Walmart. I feel like it'll be sort of a hit. Critics won't really like it. Yeah, I don't have too much hopes for this movie. So, I, I have it in 10th place. 160 mil, 100th place overall. In terms of all comic book movies. Should we move on to number 9? Number 9, what do you got? Independence Day 2. Yeah, I know, I know. Shocker, shocker. I just realized that people can't see my facial expressions <laughs> over a microphone. My jaw dropped. It literally <laughs> hit the floor. <laughs> So here's what I'm saying. I think it's going to be a huge hit. I'm predicting $200 million in North America alone. But the fact that it doesn't have Will Smith, and I feel like it's a sequel that doesn't even need to be made. The first one still holds up. The special effects are excellent. You know, I'm still excited to see where this goes. I mean, just because it's in ninth place doesn't mean I hate this movie. You know, I think it's going to be a fairly decent movie, very action-packed. But, you know, it's... It's not a comic book movie, so I can't rank it on the list. Tim, what do you have on number nine? Number nine, Ghostbusters. Oh, who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. <laughs> the soft reboot, if you can call it that. I don't know if yeah. it sits in the, it's the same continuity as the original. I think so. As a kid, I loved the originals. Oh, how could you not? Yeah, this cast looks great. I know a lot of people are pissed that it was all women, but oh. I think it's cool. Yeah. I think it's a great cares? way to do it. Uh, Paul Feig is directing it, and he's had some great comedies in the recent years. Um, you know, the likes of Melissa McCarthy in it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I think that's really what you're trying to get out of this. It's not going to be a serious movie. You no. Know? It needs to be fun. It needs to embrace what the original Ghostbusters was. 
and kind yeah. of progress that forward. And I think that they're, they're going to do that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Chris Hemsworth's in it as kind of the attractive secretary. <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. That's that's I'm I'm actually quite excited for that. But it does sit far far down on my list. But it's one of those movies that you know maybe when I go home or whatever, you know, my dad and I used to always watch it. So yeah, again, it's pushing a little bit on what I like to call the nostalgia button there. Oh yeah. So you know, I'm really looking forward to that. You know, I'm thinking um, Ghostbusters or Independence Day. One of those two will be the Jurassic World of 2016. Oh, I don't think so, man. You don't think Independence no. Day can touch J-World? No, it comes out in the middle of July. Okay, okay. It's gonna. I just don't think it's going to have that same momentum behind it. I just, you know, maybe I'll eat my words. You know, I'm <laughs> notoriously poor at picking <laughs> box office and that, but I just don't think it's going to have the legs that, that a Jurassic World or that would... You know, it's like you said, it's missing Will Smith. It's yeah. I have my Independence Day a bit higher up on my list. Okay. And again, that's just coming back. I love the the original movie. Mm-hmm. The, the new trailer's great. Yeah. Um, I like seeing um, what's his name, Jeff uh, Goldblum yeah. back in it. Yeah. They have the returning the the guy that played the president, and you know, it just looks like a great movie, great all around movie. So you know, I'm excited for that. But I just don't think it's going to touch any of the, the Jurassic World type level. So what do you think, Ghost Ghostbusters is going to make? box office girls i think it's going to be one of these ones that's going to surprise people um yep. i don't think it's going to do gangbusters or anything like that um i'm just looking at here the release date so it comes out in the middle of july again right before star trek so it's going to have maybe one week at number one i'm going to guess it's going to probably pull about 65 million and it's going to probably do again around that 160 170 million domestically fair enough fair enough all right number eight tim what do you got this one I am I'm interested in your action from, but my eighth most anticipated movie of 2016 is X Men Apocalypse. What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> this movie's gonna be huge. Eighth? Uh, no, you know what? The trailer. Yep. When I watched it, I was incredibly underwhelmed. Oh yeah. Um, you know they're missing out on a great opportunities to dress people in, you know, the 80s costumes you know this should be they should be pulling directly out of the 90s cartoon right absolutely and using these vibrant colors i'm not hugely excited to see or not hugely excited about the way they're portraying apocalypse i just Mm -hmm. don't know i have to see them in action a bit more yeah um i don't know what it is about this i I watched it and maybe it's because i watched it side by side you know that same week we got um, the Batman vs Superman show around the yeah. same time, Independence Day. Right. Um, we got you know the Civil War. So all in that kind of same time frame, we got these like really big epic trailers, and then this one hit, and I was kind of like, eh, yeah. So it's it's down there because I'm I'm just not feeling it right yet. Maybe the mm-hmm. next trailer will you know, kind of boost my hype a bit, but I'm just not feeling it right now. Yeah, I mean. That's fair enough. Can you give us a uh, box office prediction or a uh, comic book ranking? Um, so I, this will probably, you know, the the Matthew Vaughn slash Brian Singer X-Men, so it's coming from first class, you know, this is coming off the back of Days of Future Past, which I absolutely loved. Excellent um, film. So it's going to carry a lot of momentum from those, I think. Um, so I think it's going to do relatively well. It comes at the end of May. Okay. Um, so we're looking kind of at the start of summer, the you know, kind of just the jumping on point for big blockbusters. I'm going to say, you know, this is probably going to pull in, I don't even know what Days of Future Past did, but I'm going to say $100 million plus maybe, opening weekend. Yep. And it's probably going to grow somewhere in the 220 to 260 range. Okay. Um, I think, doesn't this movie come out maybe two to three weeks after Civil War? Yeah, it's at the end of May, so three weeks after, and Cap Civil War is the start of May. Oh, that's pretty tight. Yeah, it is. It 
you know, but these tentpole movies in the summer, you know, <clears throat> usually you only have two, maybe three free weekends at the start of the summer. You get buried into June and July, and you know you yeah. have almost no room. You have these things on top of one another, right? Yeah. Ranking. Give us a prediction. Top fifty, bottom fifty. I say top fifty. Yeah, that's a pretty safe bet. Yeah. Okay, number eight. Tim, don't shoot me. Doctor Strange. Ooh. See, and you know, I think it's gonna be an excellent movie. Marvel has done nothing but gold. I'm predicting 200 million total run, and I'm predicting 20th spot in comic books list, or comicbook.com's list. So that put it right around Ant Man. I'm expecting that level of quality in terms of this film, which is to say, a really excellent film. As if you listen to our last episode, Ant Man was my number one rated comic book movie of 2015. But here's why it's so down. There's no trailer. This, this and Star Wars are the only two movies of my top ten that haven't had a trailer released yet. The pictures were really cool. Benedict Cumberbatch is going to do an excellent job. The cast looks great. I think this one's going to be more serious tone. I think this is going to be Marvel's most serious movie. I, I'm excited for it. I have it at eighth place, but that's no slight to the movie. It's just what we've gotten so far, and it hasn't been much. So, a spot. Doctor Strange. Yeah, and you know what? I'm not too far behind you. I have Doctor Strange at number seven. Oh, great minds think alike. Yeah, so again, a lot of it comes down to, like you were saying, not, I don't want to repeat you or anything like that, but no trailer. Yeah. So we don't really know what this movie is. Mm-hmm. We don't know what it's about. Um, there might be a synopsis out there, maybe an unofficial synopsis, but we haven't seen a lot of stuff other than a few images. The images look great, but again, I need to see a little more before this kind of jumps up the list for me. Exactly. I mean, if this movie was coming out in 2015, it might be higher, but this is 2016. they got to step their game up. I mean, they still got lots of time, so it's no need to be worried. Just no trailer at this point in time. Uh, number seven, I have Deadpool. Now, I think this film's going to be excellent. Oh, sorry, before I go on, Tim, you didn't give us box office prediction and comic book movie ranking. Um, comic book movie ranking, I think it's going to sit in the top 50 somewhere, yep. um, maybe kind of mid-range. Um, I think it's going to do Ant-Man style of money. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's what most people are expecting at this point in time. The characters are about similarly well-known. Yeah, and you get, you, again, you're looking at an origin story of a, you know, relatively unknown character. You're getting, again, you're kind of splicing in a different genre type. So we have a horror director de- directing kind of Marvel's first step into kind of the magic end of, of the cinematic universe. So it's going to be different, and I think it's going to have a hard time pulling in you know, some people that aren't either the hardcore fans, but you put that Marvel banner on something, you're going to get people in, right? Oh, yeah. And you know, with the track record bringing obscure characters, Ant-Man, Guardians, you know, I think it'll do well, but it's not going to do Cap 3 money. It's not going to do even, I don't think, Guardians money. No, um, I don't think so. Guardians think, was such a huge hit. I yeah. doubt it does that. I think it's, yeah. So I think that's appropriate to say kind of Ant-Man style. So my seventh, I have Deadpool. So there's no slight on the movie. I think it's going to be excellent. I'm giving it a box office prediction of $150 million, which is kind of low, but it's R-rated. So not everyone's going to be able to see this. You know, a lot of teens or a lot of kids who would normally go to comic book movies are going to be shut out of this one. This one I think is going to be excellent. It's different. It's a movie that we haven't seen before, an R-rated superhero comedy. I think there's been maybe one or two R-rated superhero movies. You had Watchmen and Blade, maybe? Uh, I'm just throwing that out there, but there hasn't been a lot of them, and that really hurts the gross. 
I guarantee you there's going to be a couple families or a couple of parents that bring their little ones into this movie. Guarantee it. And it's going to be hilarious to watch. I can't wait to see it opening day. Tim, are we going to see this opening day? Oh, yeah, 100%. That's oh, a yeah. couple weeks from now. Yeah. But a month from now, I guess. So I'm really looking forward to this. And, you know, this sits in my number six. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Okay, okay. So, like you said. Oh, our... sorry. Before you begin, I didn't give you my ranking. Oh, sorry. That's all right. My ranking now. You know, I actually didn't write this one down. But just off the top of my head, it's either going to be really well received or really poorly received. This one is not going to be in the middle. It's going to be a polarizing film. I think it's going to be more on the high side. I'm giving it 25th, 25th status. I think that's fair. Yeah, this is going to become one of those, I think, one of those kind of cult classic movies. Oh, yeah. It's going to get a large following behind it. It's probably going to do really well on Blu-ray sales, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. But like you said, it's going to have a hard time pulling in people just because it's R-rated. Yeah. Um, I think this is something, after the free weekend, they're going to immediately greenlight a sequel. Yep. Um, Ryan Reynolds thinks it's going to be great. They're actually going to allow him to be Deadpool. Yeah. The way Deadpool is in the comics, not yeah. some kind of weird, obscured version that they've thought up <laughs> in the back of a freaking trailer or something. What was that in Wolverine Origins? That wasn't Deadpool. That was nothing. Yeah. Yeah, that's system number six. Again, like you said, as far as prediction, I'm thinking top 50 for sure. It's mm-hmm. going to sit up there. And then again, because of the limitations of the rated R, it's probably going to again do this between 150 180 million dollars. Yeah. Um, is domestically. So we've heard stuff about Hugh Jackman retiring. Is Ryan Reynolds Deadpool going to take his place? Are we going to see Deadpool in maybe the new X-Men movie after Apocalypse? Are we going to see is Deadpool going to get, you know, a trilogy? Is he the new Wolverine? No, I think that would be a great choice for it. You know, the problem is that sometimes you're going to have to put some sort of limits on him mm-hmm. as far as what he can do in those X-Men movies. You're not going to see the same sort of dialogue that you're getting yeah. in a Deadpool, a Deadpool rated R movie. Right. But it would be kind of cool for him to be this continuity thread that's weaved through kind of the X movies. You know, Ryan Reynolds a lot of fun. He's a great presence on screen. So he could fill that Hugh Jackman role quite nicely. This is what, his fifth chance? So he had Blade Trinity. <laughs> he had Green Lantern. He had R.I.P.D. And there's one more. Oh, and he was in X-Men Origins Wolverine. Yeah. So, you know, this is the guy that just won't die. But the thing is, he looks like he belongs in a comic book movie. He seems like a genuine fan. So I'm always willing to give those actors more of a chance. I'm willing to I'm willing to give him a fifth chance. Why not? So my number six. So if I didn't kill you before, this one might kill you, Tim. Bum, 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 bum. That's supposed to be Star Wars music. Uh, <laughs> Star Wars Rogue One. Now, this one, I'm saying it's going to be the highest grossing film in 2016. Safe bet. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, a lot of this, though, has to do with the fact that, again, this one doesn't have a trailer. So there is there is a very... If you search hard enough on YouTube, there's a small snippet of kind of a like i'm talking like 20 <laughs> seconds yeah of a teaser a little teaser they showed at comic-con last year okay and it's basically just i think it's an i don't know if it's the next wing i can't quite remember flying kind of on this basically kind of down this trench mm-hmm. um or a gorge i guess and then in the distance if you don't if you're not looking for it you won't see it but kind yeah. of the top of the screen you can see the death star kind oh, of okay the, kind of orbit of that planet and it's kind of this huge massive thing so that's all that's the only thing it's not nothing that you're gonna get jacked up about. <laughs> yeah. so yeah i mean i really enjoyed the four star wars movies that i've seen so i know i'm gonna enjoy this but i mean i don't know who the director is i don't know who's in it it's pretty much to me star wars 3.5 
is in between episode three and episode four. Yeah. This is the story of how they stole the Death Star plans. Yeah. So was Leia going to be in it then? Well, I don't know how they're exactly going to do this. So my guess is because they're not going to want to use or replace actors, at least at the moment, you're probably going to get more of seeing kind of the original Stormtroopers. Yeah. Vader's likely going to be in it. Nice. Probably the Emperor. Nice. Stuff like that. So they're probably going to go with that route more. Nice. So it's, I think it's going to be a really good and exciting movie. Oh, I agree. I have no doubt this is going to be a hit, not only in terms of box office gross, but in terms of just being an awesome movie. But unfortunately, as I said, no trailer so far. So, I mean, it's a little bit higher than Doctor Strange, but give me something. Wet my beak. peak my interest. You know, I'm just a newbie Star Wars fan. You got to give me something here. Oh, it's, it's going to come and it'll come in full force. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> All right, Tim, what do you got for number five here? Number five, Independence Day. I'm super excited for this. Yeah. You know, I touched on it briefly a few minutes ago, so I won't go into too much depth here. But again, it's, it's you know, just the trailer really got me jacked up. Yep. Super excited for this. You know, this is, it's right in the middle of my list. I think this is going to do quite well at the box office. Yep. Predictions? Um, I'm going to say... 85 to 100 over okay. the weekend. Yep, yeah. Um, that's probably going to do 200 plus, I would think. Easily, yeah. yeah. I'm going to make a prediction as well. I think this is going to be one of the movie posters that you buy in 2016. There's a good chance I'll buy it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. If it's a really cool... Uh, you know, with these movies that they're revisiting, we talked yeah. about Jurassic World and kind of doing a small tweak on the original poster. Yeah. If they go back and do a small tweak to the original Independence Day poster, I'll definitely be getting into this. Maybe it's the alien ship over Parliament Hill or something instead? Yeah, Parliament Hill. <laughs> <yeah, okay. laughs> this should have been called like Canada Day. We have nothing else to blow up. <laughs> so we're going to the Canadian Parliament. Yeah, like, didn't they blow up all the monuments in the first one? Like, what else are they going to blow up now? They've rebuilt. It's been the last <laughs> 20 years rebuilding and preparing. I can just picture some guy like putting the final touches on the white house like just painting it white and then they come and shoot it down again he's just like it's like futurama it's like oh he's just sitting there painting and then the, everything collapses and he's oh. <laughs> or he has like headphones on so he doesn't see it so he's just painting this one board and then he's done and he looks and it's all destroyed <laughs> <laughs> oh the worst <laughs> all right so number five this might shock you star trek so the trailer just throwing it out there wasn't very good but it's just a trailer. That's not the whole movie. You know, I don't even remember seeing the trailers for the first two Star Treks. I didn't even watch them in theaters. It was just a chance. I was at Best Buy on Boxing Day. For you American listeners out there, Boxing Day is like Canadian Black Friday. It's the day after Christmas, and it's where everything is on sale. I think they have that in States. Do they? Yeah. I thought it was a British holiday. If I you, don't know. If Maybe. you're American, tweet us. Let us know. Do y'all have Boxing Day? Let us know. I'm curious to know. I honestly don't know. So I picked it up for 10 bucks, and it was both the first two movies on Blu-ray, which is an excellent deal. Watched them. Fell in love instantly. Those were excellent, excellent films. And I have no doubt this third one's going to be just as good. Different director, but it's written by Simon Pegg, who's done Shaun of the Dead. Um, he's done a bunch of stuff. He's in Star Wars. Yeah. So he wrote it. You also have Idris Elba as the main villain in a brand new role. Curious to see how it does. I'm anticipating it. I'm going to guess $250 million North American box office. I think it's going to be pretty good. I, you know, as I said, the trailer is the only downside. 
keeping it a little bit higher on my list. But as I said, it's just one trailer. You know, I have faith the next trailer will be maybe a little bit better. But it looks like an interesting film. Yeah, the thing with trailers, I think, is, you know, if you have two and a half hours or two hours of a movie and you can't make a trailer that's composed in taking those all the scenes from the movie, yeah. squishing into two minutes that hooks me, yeah. I'm not super interested <laughs> in the movie. That's true. That's very true. But I think I can rebuttal with, I don't think um, the director makes the trailers. So maybe like the trailer company, whoever they did, maybe they bombed one. Maybe they were asleep. You know, maybe they made this trailer after Christmas or something. So they weren't super interested. They're like, ah, we'll slap something together quickly. Yeah. Put on some rock music and it, people will love it. I guess. Well, that's I, that's turned me off, and I think a lot of people have that same opinion. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, what do you got in fourth place? Batman vs. Superman. Like a dagger through my heart, Tim. <laughs> and a flip flop from when we <laughs> ranked these like two episodes ago. That's right, yeah. Because <laughs> didn't you have that number one? For the DC cinema, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. yeah. But I've kind of flip-flopped here with Suicide Squad. <laughs> but I don't know why. Maybe it's the, again, comes down to the trailer. Maybe I feel like I saw too much. That yeah. was kind of the direction I was leaning. Yeah. And, you know, when I look at the top three movies I'm looking at, you know, all these are, you know, something a little different, something I'm excited for. And this one, you know, I have to say my interest probably peaked yeah. right before they showed Doomsday. <laughs> yeah, that's not a very uncommon sentiment. And so this one's kind of dropped down. Like, it's still going to be the opening day that I yeah. can go see this and all that kind of stuff. But it's kind of fell down my list of anticipation. Just a little, just one spot. But yeah. still excited to see it. Excited to see what Affleck does with Batman. Yep. We've discussed this ad nauseum. <laughs> <laughs> I so. think this is the most discussed movie of 2016. Well, it will be, yeah. I think it, could, it very well could be, depending I mean, on, yeah. you know, if, it, if it's real positive or if it doesn't have the good word of mouth, which I'm hoping it doesn't have that, but... Whoa, whoa, you hoping it doesn't have good word of mouth? You're trying to kill it here? No, you know, the opposite of that. Uh, <laughs> I hope it bombs and Marvel's the only thing that's left. This apocalyptic wasteland of comic book movies. No, we need good movies coming out to oppose that pushes and, you know, demands perfection out of these movies. You Competition know, is what drives, you know, making something better and better each time. You know, I'm glad you said that because it's absolutely true. I mean, I don't think Captain America 3 would have been Cat vs. Iron Man if Batman vs. Superman wasn't announced first. You know, maybe I'm wrong. These Marvel seems to have their poop in a group, so they know what's going to happen. They're what? They're poop in a group. You never heard that thing? <laughs> no. <laughs> Yo, I don't want an explicit tag on this podcast. i got to keep it clean, unlike you, potty mouth over there. <laughs> what? <laughs> sure, continue. Poop in a group or whatever. <laughs> Marvel has their stuff together. So, maybe they plan this out, but to me, I think, you know, Batman vs. Superman kind of pushed this, the same way as Guardians kind of pushed Suicide Squad. But, my number four... Oh, sorry, before I say my number four, Tim, box office prediction and ranking. Ooh, this is a tough one. Tough. You know, it comes out, you know, it's basically pushed kind of the summer, the start of the summer box office or blockbusters into March. Yep. I think opening weekend, this is going to do about Age of Ultron money, about 190. So I'm going to say opening weekend. Oh, I'm going to see it like a million times <laughs> so I can push it over to 200 million. <laughs> and then I'm going to say probably upwards of 400, 450 as far as kind of a domestic gross. Nice. And I think it's going to sit in that, you know, 
up in that upper echelon of, of movies it's gonna sit kind of maybe mid-range oh yeah absolutely yeah you know if i win that big powerball in the states <laughs> i'm gonna spend about half of it just buying batman v superman <laughs> tickets so it passes to become the number one movie of 2016 <laughs> just a total waste of 600 million dollars <laughs> uh, we've done it batman vs superman is the first billion dollar opening <laughs> take that now can i borrow 20 bucks so my number four I have X-Men Apocalypse. And I think this is gonna make about two hundred fifty million. I think Days of Future Past was about two hundred thirty million. So I think this one's gonna do a little bit better. And I have this in tenth place. I have high hopes for this film, I really do. I mean Brian Singer has done nothing but excellent X Men films. The only bad ones he hasn't been involved in at all. He has a good handle on the franchise. I don't think it'll be as good as Days of Future Past, though, just because that film is just so excellent. And we get kind of in the Age of Ultron, where you're trying to live up to the previous movie. And I think this one might suffer a little bit too much from that. As well, it's the final in the trilogy. And we all know trilogies, the third one is normally the worst, suffers from what I like to call franchise bloat. So you're trying to add too many characters, you're trying to add too many villains, you're trying to one-up the previous two films. Look at Spider-Man 3, look at X3, you know, it's not uncommon. Look at Godfather 3, always the third one is, not always, but most of the time, I would say the third one's the worst. I do like Apocalypse, though. To me, I think he is the biggest, he's the baddest X-Men villain in the whole X-Men rogues gallery. I've always had him as the top tier. I've always had it went Apocalypse, then Magneto. He's been there since what ancient Egypt. I just the thing is, I'm not sure how the final fight's gonna go. You know, sometimes you get a final fight where, like Man of Steel, where Superman has to punch Thawd into submission until he wins. But sometimes you get a final fight where it's more mental, or you know, it's something where they win through like a trick or something like that. And I'm thinking Apocalypse is not the villain you really punch. You no. know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think this movie's going to have a giant, you know, a giant fight sequence. No, they say that, like, it sounds kind of silly. They'll have, like, big action sequences, but there's not going to have that big final battle with the big baddie. You know, I'm going to make a prediction. I don't even think Apocalypse is going to die in this. I think this is going to set up a next X-Men movie. So you're going to have this one where Apocalypse kind of gets defeated, but he goes away. And then the next X-Men movie, he's going to come back. And he might have different horsemen with them, but it's going to set up the next one. Because the thing I really didn't like about Days of Future Past, I mean, I loved the movie a lot, but was the end credit scene. So in that no. scene, Wolverine wakes up in the present day, and we see Professor Xavier's still there, Jean Grey, Cyclops, Beast. They're all still there, so you know they're going to survive this film. I think, to me, that was a total missed opportunity I think what they should have done is have Wolverine wake up in the 80s and then start X-Men Apocalypse from there. Um, yeah. I think the four horsemen are key to this. Yeah. I think that's how Apocalypse is going to get. Somehow they're going to flip on him and you're going to yeah. end up with, you know, the the four horsemen essentially and the X-Men in your kind of climatic fight sequence yeah. beating Apocalypse. No, I agree. I think that's kind of how it's going to play out. But I'm super excited to see how it goes. But I think it might suffer a little bit because it comes up pretty quick to Civil War. So in terms of box office gross, that might take a little bit of a hit. But now we're getting into the top three. These are the big enchiladas. Tim, what do you got in third place? The bronze medal. 
Suicide Squad. Okay, okay, I can see that. You know, I'm I'm surprised that I made your top three. I'm continually impressed by what they're showing um, in the trailers, the set footage, the photographs that they're releasing. I think it's because it's something very different. That's right. Than we've got before. And the fact that it's got the inclusion of Joker, and we spoke about this before, I'm excited to see what the Joker is without Batman. Yeah. There's going to be a few small Batman sequences in there. Yeah. Probably just building the story up a bit. Exactly. But I'm really stoked for this movie. I think oh, it's, yeah. it's, for me, it's kind of got this Guardians level hype behind it. Yeah. It's something, you know, we haven't seen this before. No, first time. Um, and I'm really excited for it. So that's why it sits at my number three. You know, you're not alone. Looking at the trailer views on YouTube, this one has more trailer views than Batman v Superman and Cap 3. Oh, wow. Yeah, 60 million views already. So, I mean, it's got a lot of hype behind it. First time ever Harley Quinn's going to be on screen. Killer Croc, first time he's on screen. Box office prediction? 100 million plus opening. Easily. Yeah, and it's going to crack the 200 million domestic gross. And I think it's going to be probably the most surprising as far as quality goes. I think, you know, I know there's a lot of people heaping praise onto it. But I think it's going to be one of those ones that people are going to be like, you know, this is a really good movie. Yeah. Um, at least that's that's kind of what I'm seeing. Oh, yeah. And so I think we're going to actually see this kind of come up towards, you know, the top end of, of some of the comic book movies that have been released in the last, you know, 15 years or so. How do you think it's going to market this thing, though? I have no idea. I did yeah. not think they are going to leave Suicide No. in the title of this. I thought they are going to have to twist it and just call it Squad or something like that. Yeah, they might have to end up doing that. Um, I'm excited to see what they do with the movie poster. I mean, they could either go with really bright colors, like the Joker's bright purple, Harley's bright blue and red shirt. But I'm really curious to see what kind of movie poster we get. This has potential to be movie poster of the year. Yeah, I think they're going to have to go something fairly subtle. Yeah. They're definitely going to throw Joker out there onto something. Oh, he has um, to be friends you know, And, you know, Harley Quinn as well. She's a big he, fan favorite. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm interested to see what this was. I think they're going to go very dark and very subtle with the movie poster. Something like a minimalist or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. So my number three, Cat 3, Civil War, Avengers 2.5. I'm predicting $450 million total gross in North America alone. And where it'll end up, I'm saying 15th spot. So I don't think this will be as big as Cap 2 or Avengers 1. But I still think it's going to be one of those movies that we talk about 20 years down the road. You know, our kids will say, wow, you know, you saw Civil War opening weekend. I think this is going to be one of those films. You know, I think it's going to grow similar to an Avengers movie than a Cap movie. Just having the Iron Man bump in there. It's kind of interesting that they went with Captain America in the title. Instead of making this Iron Man. because Or Captain America vs. Iron Man. Because if you look at the Iron Man movies, those box office returns are a lot higher than the Captain America returns. Almost double in some cases. Yeah. So it'd be inter- it's interesting that they didn't, maybe they didn't want to seem like they were cop- copying Batman vs. Superman. But I think if they called it Captain America vs. Iron Man, it would have made more. But maybe they didn't call it that because maybe Iron Man isn't in it for the entire movie. You know, In the trailer, it seems like he just kind of comes in at the end. This seems to be a very Captain America story. So this is Captain America. I could see this being Captain America 
100 minutes into the film, Iron Man joins us the final hour. Or joins us the final 45 minutes. I'm interested to see how this plays out. The one thing I have really big hype for this is the Russo brothers. Cap 2 is excellent. That is my number one Marvel comic book movie. It's up there with The Dark Knight. It's just an excellent film. It's not even just an excellent comic book movie. It's just an excellent movie, period. So, I love it. This is going to be a good test for the Russo brothers because I heard rumors that Avengers Infinity War was going to have something like, what, 60 characters in it? Yeah. Which is nuts. Like, 60 characters? Like, does that include extras? Like, that's insane. 60 characters? Yeah, so, well, they... I don't know if they're still playing with who's going to be in it. It seemed like when they are talking about that that it was more like we have this board of all the characters in the cinematic universe and we're kind of cherry-picking which ones are going to come into Infinity War. Um, So that's going to be interesting. Yeah. That's an interesting take you have on that. I never really thought about having Iron Man in the title just purely for a box office bump. Yeah. Um, But I think he's going to be present through the whole film. Yeah, you think so, eh? Yeah, I think he's going to come in relatively early. You're going to have probably some, maybe the first 20 minutes, half hour, where it's Cap and kind of his new Avengers that you saw at the end of Age of Ultron. Mm -hmm. Um, They're going to have the introduction of the Superhero Registration Act. And... Then you're gonna have Iron Man in. So yep. uh, you know it's you know how long can they actually wait to bring in Iron Man? Yeah. You know, in the past, they've waited quite. You know, Avengers one. You know, there's quite a sequence before Iron Man came into the actual movie. Right. Um, but I think he's going to be present throughout. Again, this is one I'm super excited about. Oh, absolutely. And I think you know, coming off the back of Winter Soldier, the Russo brothers, if they can maintain that mm-hmm. and maintain that momentum through Infinity War, yeah, I think we're in for a good ride here. So now we're down to our final two, which is surprise, surprise, me two DC movies, Tim, a Marvel and a Star Wars. <laughs> who would have guessed it, Tim? Who do you have winning the silver medal? Rogue One. What? <laughs> I am absolutely floored. I would have bet money on it. I would have bet my mortgage. I would have bet my house that that would have been number one. I am dying to see. Why is this number two? Well, you know, again, it, again, it, it comes down to we're coming off the back of The Force Awakens. Yeah. You know, so the hype is at an all-time high. But we still haven't seen a lot. You know, you mentioned yeah. this. We haven't seen a lot of what this is. I, I think this is going to be a fantastic movie. But again, we don't have anything to kind of confirm that. Yeah. Um, it's number two on my list. It's in that this is of all movies. So yeah. It's still sitting pretty high, <laughs> even right. though we haven't seen a single thing. It's, so it's riding a lot on the momentum of Star Wars. Yeah. And for me personally, that carries a lot of clout. But, you know, again, it's it's coming back to an interesting time period. We're going to probably see Vader. So I'm super stoked for this. But I just, I'd like to see a little more um, as far as even just a teaser trailer. Yeah. Okay, give us a prediction. Not only box office gross, but this will be, what, the eighth Star Wars movie released? Live action? Yeah. Give us a prediction ranking of, in Star Wars history. I'm going to place it just below The Force Awakens. You know, I don't know what characters they're going to be allowed to use into this. Yep. So you don't have, you know, you know Han, Chewie, yeah. Luke, all that. So you, you're not, you're not going to get that... But you are going to get the big bump from Vader being in there. Yeah. And then you're also coming back to a time period that sits in between, you know, the the less favored prequel movies and the more favored original trilogy. So you have to, again, 
they're going to probably build the look, the aesthetic of it to feel again like the Star Wars movie, similar to what they did in The Force Awakens. Right. Telling a very different story. It's probably going to be a very different Star Wars movie. Yeah. Probably much more militaristic look to it and feel to it. Uh, maybe a lot darker and serious tone. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, um, it's. I think it's going to do quite well at the box office. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's going to benefit from coming off the back of The Force Awakens. I don't think it's going to have near the opening. No, I don't um, think so. That The Force Awakens is. You know, I'm still going to put this quite high. It's sitting in that kind of golden zone for releasing movies of that December 18th weekend. Yeah. So it's you know a similar weekend to the three top grossing movies of all time. It's going to benefit from not running into any big tentpole movies for a while. Yeah. Um, it's going to benefit from the holiday bump. So I'm going to say this thing is going to come in just shy of 200 million. Wow. For the kind of domestic opening weekend, mm-hmm. and it's going to probably sit around 500. I'd say. Wow. So and that's without seeing a single thing. Yeah. So this, I mean, this is going to probably change. The power of Star Wars, I tell you, never bet against it. No. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> We've been proven wrong there. No one has ever lost money investing in Star Wars. No, well, I think people that <laughs> thought they're going to pay for college with Episode One figures, maybe. <laughs> so my Jar Jar Binks aren't worth anything. Not a whole ton. Well, that's what you think. <laughs> Special edition, let me tell you. Jar Jar Innovator helmet. <laughs> Uh, so that brings us to my number two movie, uh, Suicide Squad. So I'm predicting big opening weekend. I'm saying 300 million in North America alone. And to me, this one is going to be the number one rated comic book movie of the year. I'm placing this as high as fifth on the all-time list. That's just my prediction right now. And to me, this is the most important movie in DC cinematic history. We go back and look at the vast history of DC Comics in theaters, they haven't really had a hit that didn't involve Batman or Superman. I know Batman's in this a little bit, but I don't really think he's going to factor too much in terms of if this is a good movie or improving the box office gross. But go back and look. Green Lantern, huge disappointment. Watchmen, while I loved it, a lot of people loved it. It was a polarizing film, and it didn't do too well in the box office. And you got Swamp Thing, which was less than stellar. Jonah Hex, which may be one of the worst comic book movies <laughs> ever made. So if this movie is good, it'll show people that DC is able to put out a good movie without involving their big two, Batman or Superman. Plus you get to see the new version of the Joker. This is a Joker we've never seen before in comic books, in TV, in movies. I think he's going to be very polarizing. I think if people can get over the initial shock of his appearance and take it for what it is, I think they're going to love him. I think Jared Leto is an excellent actor. Um, And you got Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. So this is the first time we get Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn sells more comics in a month than Superman. Think about that. Impressive. Yeah, she she sells more comics in a month than Iron Man. She is big heavy hitter in the comics industry i think wasn't there a recent poll who said who are you most anticipating to see in a comic book movie for the first time harley quinn was number one so that should come as no surprise to people she has huge clout and then it's a new concept it's a group of villains we've never seen a comic book movie from the perspective of a villain before and while they may be doing heroic things at their core they're still evil they're still they're still the villains. So it's going to be weird cheering for the villains, but I think if done correctly, it's going to be gangbusters. 
One thing I think this might happen, though, if this movie is a hit, look for some of the people in Suicide Squad to later appear in comics as the hero. I mean, kind of look at Mystique and X-Men. Once Jennifer Lawrence kind of blew up, she suddenly switched from the bad side to the good side <laughs> in the movies. I mean, I don't know if I was the only one that noticed it, but I was like, uh, isn't Mystique like one of the most evil mutants in the X-Men universe? I think they've changed her character now, though, because she didn't pull the trigger. She yeah. She has a future past. Now she's probably good forever. Yeah, exactly. Like, that, was, that was her kind of oh, pivotal moment in yeah. history where she went forever bad, and they've taken that out, so now they can explain how she's good now. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm super hyped for this film. And you know what? David Ayer, great director. He's done nothing but excellent films. I have no doubt this is going to be one of the greatest comic book movies of all time. So that brings us to our gold medal. If you're keeping score at home, you're probably already deduced what it is from each of us. But Tim, end the suspense. Tell us right now. Number one. Captain America, Civil War. Shocker. Of course it is. (laughs) Of course it is. I've raved about the trailer raved about Black Panther being in it. Yep. You know, excited to see Spidey. You know, the, Oh, I forgot about him. Yeah, the merchandising embargo ends next week, so we'll probably get a first look at Spidey here in the coming weeks. Nice. Um, so that could be exciting. That's going to amp up some of the, the overall hype for this. I cannot wait to see this movie. I cannot wait to see that end fight. I can't see where the Marvel Universe goes after this, because I think yeah. there's going to be some big implications here. Oh, yeah. Particularly at the end of the movie. Uh, we may or may not see characters, you know, exiting this alive or not. Exciting, and I think this is really going to set the tone for Infinity War. Oh yeah, um, with the Russo brothers, and you know, really kicks off Phase Three here with the the first entry being Civil War. So Tim, I said Suicide Squad, most important movie in DC Comics history. Is this movie the most important comic book movie in Marvel's history, or? You know, even if this movie kind of isn't too great, they have enough cachet or enough, you know, leverage in their previous movies where it won't matter. If it's not good, it's going to it'll be basically Marvel's first bomb. And yeah. I don't think it's going to even come Oh, no. Close no, it's that. not going to you know, bomb at all. And quality-wise... I think this is going to sit up there on a similar level to Winter Soldier and Avengers. I think Avengers is Marvel's most important movie yeah. ever. Because oh, it absolutely. proved that what they're building towards as far as a cohesive universe and then bringing all these characters in into a single event movie can mm-hmm. work. Yep. But this, again, is taking that to the next level. You know, We're now pitting two factions of heroes against each other. So like Batman vs. Superman, it's kind of the first time we're seeing kind of this on film. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun to see that and it's going to be important for a lot of the character development particularly how the Avengers come out Yeah, because you're essentially going to end up with a fractured Avengers team that may or may not be in existence at the end of the movie Yeah. Um, so moving forward through phase 3 we may not have a, a, a cohesive Avengers unit um, led by Captain America mm-hmm. as we come out the other end into Infinity War. So I think the implications of this are going to be felt right through Phase 3. No, I totally agree. And you know, it's interesting you said Avengers is the most important Marvel movie of all time. I, I agree. And I think when you go back, we can have the benefit of hindsight or twenty twenty vision. If a movie produces copycats, then it's an important film. So you go back and you look at The Dark Knight. That turned Spider-Man, they tried to go more dark. Man of Steel tried to go more dark. It was an important film. 
look at the Avengers, it started this whole cinematic universe. And now it seems like everything is getting its own cinematic universe. I heard G.I. Joe is getting one. Transformers has one. Uh, DC is now starting one. Sony tried one with Spider-Man but failed. <laughs> I mean, X-Men, I guess, had it too, but not to the extent that Marvel had it. No. So it's interesting that you bring that up. Um, I agree. Avengers probably is most important one. Okay, give us your box office prediction and call it right now. Where does this movie rank? Not in terms of top 50, bottom 50, because clearly I know you're going to say top 50. Give us a number. Give us, go out there. We'll come back in a year and see how close we are. What do you say? All right, so for domestic box office, I'm going to say this thing's going to play like an Avengers movie. Right. Um, It has Iron Man, has Cap, the two biggest characters. I'm going to be very bold here, and I'm going to say just north of 200. Wow. Coming out starting in May, which traditionally is Marvel's, you know, month. It's Marvel's weekend. Yep. It runs into, uh, what is it they run into at the end of the month? X-Men Apocalypse. X- X-Men Apocalypse. Yep. But that's not for a whole month. Yeah. So I think it'll probably have a good two weekends. I'm going to be bold there, yeah. North of $200 million. Okay. I think this thing's going to do, you know, maybe around 500 or so. Maybe it's going to play very similar to, like, the Rogue One. So is this going to be the highest gross movie 2016? I th- between that and Rogue One, I yeah. think so. Yeah. Um, you know, we have well, that Rogue One or Batman vs. Superman. I think they're all going to kind of be, you know, jockeying for that top position. I think that Civil War is going to come out on top, though. That might be a bit biased <laughs> speaking. No, I think that's pretty accurate. I have it coming up in top two, but I have it finishing number two next to Star Wars. Yeah. I think it's going to probably sit maybe fifth or sixth best yep. comic book movie of all time, kind of in that range. That's right. that's kind of what I'm seeing. All right. All right. We'll see. You know, it'll be fun to come back yeah. in a year and see how accurate we were. We could be completely off. Like, a movie like Doctor Strange might be the number one comic book movie yeah, of all very time. true. I mean, if we did this in 2015, if we did this January 11th, 2015... Probably, I would have said Kingsman would have been my least favorite. Yeah. And finish number two. So, I mean, it's, it's, I'm interested to see how we do. So, my number one, my gold medal, Bat of Gotham versus God of Krypton, Batman v Superman, the movie everyone's been talking about since it's been announced. Everyone has had this debate, whether you're in a comic book shop, whether you're in a coffee shop, who would win? Batman vs. Superman. And we're finally going to get an answer. I mean, we've had answers in comic books before, but it's going to be super cool. The first time ever in a live-action film, we got Batman and we got Superman in the same film. I mean, Batman and Robin, George Clooney throws Superman's name in it, (laughs) saying, when Robin's being a little jerk, saying, like, this is why Superman works alone. The only cool part of the movie. But, uh, no, it's the first time ever we're going to see them together. I'm going to say it grosses $425 million dollars. So I have it in third place in terms of 2016. And while I am super excited for this movie, I think critics are going to be kind of decisive. It's going to be a lot like Man of Steel or a lot like Watchmen. Zack Snyder films, you either love them or you hate them. I've liked pretty much all of them. I haven't seen them all, but the ones I have seen I've liked. So I'm going to rank this one 25th. When you look at Man of Steel, you know, people weren't expecting the Superman we got. And I'm going to tell you this right now. Throw everything you know about Batman out the window. Throw everything you know about Superman out the window. And come into this movie with fresh eyes. This movie's going to give us the DC Cinematic Universe. Now this may not be 
the Batman you're used to, but it's going to be a Batman. Doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be bad. Doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be good. But it's going to be its own thing. And I think we need to acknowledge that before even going into the film. Or else you're not going to enjoy it. You know, you're going to be like, oh, Batman doesn't do this. This is going to be different. This is Zack Snyder's take. And if there's one thing the DC Universe isn't afraid to do, it's change up their characters. I mean, look at the look of Joker. Look at the look of Superman. These are different than what we've seen before. Then you throw in Doomsday. You also throw in the Justice League, who could potentially be making an appearance. Man, this is number one for me, without a doubt. I'm super excited. It's less than three months away. Tim, what what do you think? You think uh, you think we nailed this list here? I think I think these are gonna be exactly when we do our year in review. This is gonna be exactly how we called it. But in case we don't, give us a disappointment. Give me one movie that you think may be a disappointment that you're hyped to see, but has potential that you might be scared of. That you know, after seeing it, being like, oh. God, I can't believe, you know, like, coming back in there, December 2016, we're like, oh, I can't believe I ranked this one so high when it was such a bum. Well, I guess for that, I'll have to take maybe something into my top five, because if yeah. I, I've expressed some issues I have with some of the movies that are coming in my, my the lower end of the list here. Mm-hmm. So I have to say that probably Independence Day yeah. would be one that, you know coming out of it, you know, pretty hyped going in, a lot of nostalgia taking over there. Yeah. Coming out, it might just be, oh, that was kind of a mess of a movie, or they rushed this in. Mm-hmm. You know, they came in a story, came in with a story that didn't have Will Smith, and they just yeah. kind of substituted his son in. Yeah. You know, maybe it doesn't play as well as the first, doesn't live up to the hype. You know, that could be one that maybe I could see maybe dis- being disappointing coming out of. The comic book movies, the top four comic book movies, or three, and then the Star Wars. You know, I have a lot of hope for these, and I really don't see... You know, Batman vs. Superman, they had a long time to work out. Suicide Squad looks good from the outside. Rogue One, they have a lot of, um, you know, with Lucasfilm and coming off the back of Force Awakens, there's going to be a lot of hype behind that. And Marvel has a continuous track record of producing good quality films, particularly in the Captain America kind of mini-universe or trilogy itself. So I think Independence Day is going to take that for me. All right, I'm going to go with Star Trek. Like I said, the trailer didn't overly impress me. I'm going in it, going into it with high hopes, but I don't know. It, the trailer didn't fill me with excitement. I'm just putting it so high on the list just because I enjoyed the previous two. So I think the trend's going to continue, but like I said, that that's that's it for me. No brainer. Could be the biggest disappointment of 2016, or it could be the best movie. Yeah, who knows? Predictions, am I right? <laughs> so that's our 2016 our most anticipated movies comic books tv shows and a little bit of toys and collection in there um it looks like it's gonna be a fantastic year i'm excited um you know we're gonna have the explosion of of comic book movies you know right we're going from essentially you know a world where we had zero to one yeah. to an area where we had four and now we're getting seven yeah so we're seeing this massive explosion and it's going to be a very, very exciting year, and I'm super stoked for it. And I cannot wait to review some of these movies yep. and kind of get into a lot of depth in some of this stuff. So it's going to be it's going to be a great year, not only for movies but for us podcasting. Oh yeah, oh yeah, big things here at the Nerd Room. Send us your questions. Send us your feedback. I'd love to see your top ten list. So you can send it me an email at 1912entertainment at gmail.com. 
That's the number 1912entertainment at gmail.com. Tim, if someone wants to send you their top ten list or any questions, where should they send it? Yeah, you can find me over at Twitter at TheNerdRM and the same thing at Gmail, TheNerdRM at gmail.com. Oh, and if you want to tweet me, send me a tweet at 1912podcasting. That's 1912podcasting. Let us know what you think of the show. What um, what do you want to see more of? For The Nerd Room, signing off, I'm Sanjay. I'm Tim. Thanks for entering The Nerd Room. <laughs>